Thank you for joining us on the Waymaker Church podcast today. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and makes a way for the new and deeper with Jesus Christ in your life. Enjoy. jumping into week three of playing with disaster. Um, I want to first recognize my mom this morning on Mother's Day. And my mom is probably the closest person to Jesus of somebody that I know. Um, she is, uh, she loves so well. She gives so well. Um, but this last season, she has begun to battle with cancer. And I'm watching her in that battle and she is facing it fearlessly. And I love watching that, but I've also watched her serve our family, and it's never been a season about her this last time. So I just think that it's been really cool what, what a demonstration of her fighting these battles, um, but also uh, fighting her own, her own battles, but fighting battles with us and, and our family. And so I just want to say happy Mother's Day to my mom and recognize her today. One of the things that I love about my mom, and I want to say this because moms, you know, we, we pile on a lot of things onto ourselves um, over seasons. And um, we have this expectation even that the world puts on us. But one of the most powerful things that my mom has done for our family is over the last three years, she has spent a day every week fasting and praying for her kids and her grandkids. And there has been such power behind that. And so happy Mother's Day, Mom, Mimi. Um, but this last, uh, this last week I was in Target and I, I haven't been in there in a while. And I went in there at 8.30 in the morning on Friday morning. And there is a certain group of people who come to Target at 8.30 on a Friday morning. And if you don't know who it is, if you can't take a guess, it is the moms who've been up since 6 a.m., okay, and they finally are like, oh my goodness, I'm going to die, I'm going to pull my hair out, I've got to go somewhere. And is not, I think Target is like a drug. Like I go into Target and it just feels like my happy place. And I think that there are other moms like that too. Would I not get an amen on that? Okay, good. Um, we'll get to the spiritual stuff later. But amen on that. Okay, so Target's a happy place. So I'm in the dressing room, and un- like I can hear the murmurs under all of the different dressing rooms of all these moms with maybe some one kid and some with like 10 kids maybe while they're trying to dress on, on like to try on some different clothes. So this, this one mom I'm hearing uh, out from underneath, and it's, it's the child going, oh, mommy, you look so beautiful. And then the mom's like, oh, honey, uh, I don't know. It was, it was a good exchange. It was beautiful. And then I hear out from under the other dressing room, and it was like, stop looking underneath other people's dressing rooms, right? And they are just like, oh, my goodness. So, and it's like, stop hitting your brother and stop this. And I'm reminded, I'm out of the season, if you're wondering. I don't have young children right now. I'm in, my, I'm in a happy place. My kids, they're older. Um, but my kid, like, I remember, it wasn't that long ago that I remember it could be minute by minute, moment by moment, that you go in and out of those those dressing rooms of like good good times and then I'm about to pull my hair out and I want the day to end and it's 8:30 in the morning. And so I I want to speak to you moms real quick because I am not teaching a Mother's Day message, but I do want to speak to the moms in the room that God sees you. 
There, you, you carry so much. And I wanna ask you today to take off the things that the world has expected of you, that that is not from God. And, and you put on the things that God is asking you and that the spirit of God is asking you to lead your family on. But don't carry the Instagram world and the Facebook world because that's not what it's about. It's not what it's about. And I just wanna say thank you for what you do and God sees you this morning. So happy Mother's Day to you moms out there. So this morning, I have invited my friend, my coworker, but not just that, she's a resident in our development program and she oversees all of our middle school ministry. Okay, that's a big thing, okay? So while she's coming up, I want us to thank all the middle school people who work with middle schoolers and her for doing that. Um, Rachel is going to lead us in our congregational reading of the scriptures. So would you stand with us as she leads us through that? Waymaker Church, whether it's Mother's Day for you or you're going to text somebody right after we read the scripture. Happy Sunday. Happy Mother's Day. You feeling good today? Sounded like the coffee kicked in. This scripture is a word for us today. And as we read it together, I want to remind you that Psalm 51, 16 through 19 is a prayer from our hearts to God. We're talking about his character. So let's read this together. You do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit. Waymaker Church, maybe this Sunday, this Mother's Day, you thought that God was asking you to get gussied up and get perfect to come and sit and listen to God's word. But here in this passage, isn't it so clear? God doesn't want our perfection. God doesn't want our Sunday best. He wants hearts that will say, God, like in the song this morning, I need you now, come have your way. That is where God will respond to us. So I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna pray in Jesus' name that each one of us can lower the walls that we've raised. And as you speak, Tammy, out of the Holy Spirit, walking and talking through you, that we'd be able to say, God, we need you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, before I get flowery, before I say anything, let me say that I need you now. Let us all be willing to say we need you now. Jesus, would you help us to put down the pride or maybe just the things that we keep us from saying that we need you. Jesus, thank you for being a God that responds to us when we say that we need you. Thank you for Tammy. Thank you for an example of someone who says, I need Jesus and that's okay and that's where he meets me. God, I ask that you would give her boldness, your authority, and that she would enjoy bringing the word and that we would see people need you and be okay with it today in our midst. It's in your name that we pray, amen. Thank you, Rachel. So several weeks ago, uh, I was approached and it was uh, the conversation of, hey, Tammy, you know it's, mother, it's Mother's Day's coming up and you're on the docket to teach. <gasps> okay, um, so my next question was, well, what is, what, I know we're gonna be in the middle of a series. What is it that you are expecting me to teach? And the question quickly flipped. And it was, what is God doing in your heart 
and your mind? And what is God working through and you're wrestling with right now that you feel like you need to teach? And I began to articulate for the first time over six-month period my heart of the things that I was wrestling with, the things that I began to, to feel and, and, uh, and feel discontent with. Um, and, it, and it came down to our city. Um, it came down to our community and what God was working on with me personally. And I began to cry and verbally process this and it wasn't pretty. And then I get to the end and it was like, okay, yeah, I think I'm supposed to teach on this, but it's scary. And I don't, I, I be, I've had this resistant spirit for the first three weeks of, I just don't think I want to teach on this. And I know that God has asked me to be here. I know that he has asked me to teach on this. And I pray that my words will fall to the ground, but God's word would stand today through the, his authority in scripture and through what he's doing and that he would use me as a vessel to speak to each and every one of you. I believe that there is a stronghold in our city and in our community and I believe that the chains of that stronghold has to be broken. Has to be broken if there is going to be abundant life in Jesus, specifically in our lives, but, but in, this, in this church and in this city. And so that's my heart. That's the position of my heart this morning as I walk into this, is that my prayer is that chains will be broken today and that we don't look at this as other people, but that we look at it as us, that we have to make a change inside of us before we can make an impact on a city that is truly broken. And so I want to first start with my story. Um, I grew up um, in the church. I was a church kid. And I don't know if you've heard John talk about that. Um, we don't want to raise church kids here. We want to raise spirit-led leaders. But I was a church kid. I, I said this magic prayer. And if you're not familiar with the magic prayer, it was that Jesus um, came and died and, and, and saving me from hell. And so if I believe that, then I would be saved from hell. And so I said those words. Okay, I said the words um, that I needed to say so that I could be saved from hell. And from that point on, I began to put Jesus in this box of religion and what I thought it meant to follow Jesus. And so it kind of looked like this. There was, there was a list of do's and there was a list of don'ts. And the list of don'ts was don't have sex before you're married, check, don't do drugs, check. Don't drink, check. And then there was some list of, uh, there's more, okay? It wasn't that short of a list. But there was a list of dues. And the dues was go to church every day, check. And in fact, I got a check plus plus on this because I went to church on Sunday night and Wednesday night. And in fact, on Wednesday night, I got a special sash that I got to put pins on because I was good and I did certain things that were good during the week. And one of them were, was mem scripture memory and I did terrible with scripture memory. I still struggle to this day with scripture memory, but I didn't get stars for that, but I did get stars for like service projects. And I would wear the sash physically and emotionally as a proud person 
that I, I, had, I had completed that checklist. Also part of this checklist was give 10% to, of my allowance to the church, and I did that. And then um, one of, uh, it was to read and, and, and pray every day, and when I didn't do that, I felt like I was now back outside of the box, not worthy of Jesus, and I would have to ask Jesus again back into my heart. And I had to revisit that every other day with this sense of insecurity as if, as if Jesus wasn't enough himself that I had to be good enough to be able to have Jesus in my life. And I lived in this battle day in and day out. And one of the biggest do's that I had was to make sure other people lived by that, that list as well. And I became obsessed with this, self-righteous, prideful, judgmental, all the things that come in that. I had created a man-made religion about Jesus instead of a God-given relationship with Jesus. And that left me feeling spiritually exhausted And I believe that there are some of you here today who can completely identify with me. That you can say, hey, I am that person. I feel I have done the checklist. I grew up like going through this checklist and I am exhausted. And you are exhausted by man-made religion. And you may fall today, if that is you, where you go, man, I can identify with that a little bit, that you may fall into two different categories. And, and one of them is, uh, is maybe a self-aware. Like, you know this is you, and you hate it because you keep going back to that thing where it's like, man, if I do these things, then I'm good enough for Jesus, and I, can, I, I have my way to heaven. But if I don't, then I, then I lose it, or I'm, I'm, I'm super down, and you keep carrying that burden. And you're aware of that. But I do think there are some people in the room very similar to the way I was growing up, and you aren't aware. You aren't aware that this is you. You've kept these list of rules. You've kept these list of, of things to do. And that has become your religion. Uh, and it's about Jesus. It's not a relationship with Jesus. It's about Jesus. And, and you are unaware of that. In fact, you may be sitting there right now going, Oh, I wish Sally was here to hear that message, right? Or I wish Jim would have heard that message last week about pride. I felt that, right? And that's, that can be a very self-righteous thing, and then we have to keep that in check. We become obsessed with keeping the rules and obsessed at making sure other people keep the rules instead of loving and serving people, and out of that will. The rules are not bad, guys. The things that, that the, the standards of, of living aren't bad, but it's where is, where, where is that heart coming from? Where is that driving from? On the other hand, there are some of you who you can identify with living in spiritual rebellion. And I, I've, I've rubbed shoulders with this in our community. I, I hear it Often, I have met with people often that, that are living in this, in this space. And, and some of you, it could be that you grew up not only in a Christian home, but you grew up and you went to one of the million Christian schools in this area. Okay, you, you, you did that. You know God's word, but you have, you know, you reject, you've rejected his spirit, right? You know God's word, but you've also said, I don't want, like, I'm so, I hated 
living in that box, then I'm going to get out and you are on the fast track of rebellion. And you say, you know what, none of that's for me and I'm going outside of this. And you have decided to check out. That's, that's where you are. But some of you have never checked in. You, you don't understand, you don't, rec- you don't connect with me when I say church kid because you never grew up in the church. And maybe you've even lived a moral life and you've created the Jesus that's good for you, right? You, 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 you do the right thing, you're kind to people, but, but you have watched the, the, this subculture in Lynchburg and you have said, man, I don't want anything to do with that Christian culture. I can do it on my own. And so you've decided to never check in. When, when these two things, spiritual rebellion actually leads to chaos and dysfunction in our life, does it not? Like spiritual rebellion leads us to dysfunctional relationships and it, and it gets us to a place where um, we, we aren't happy in our job and we're not happy in the different things in our life and you don't even know why you're not happy. You're discontent and that chaos and that dysfunction swirls around you and you continue to run from God. And I believe that you are here today because God wants to do something radical in your life. I believe those who are here today who are in man-made religion and they are in that circle, God wants to do something radical in your life. Religion and rebellion make us exhausted at the soul level. Both religion, when we have to carry the the weight of of, of being religious and being in that box and, and keeping up and making sure everybody else keeps up with it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. But it's also exhausting when you are running from God and you're running from the power and the presence of God. And I believe that you're here because you want to find rest and hope and healing in your life. How do we find soul level rest from religion and rebellion? The Apostle Paul uh, wrote the book of Romans. He also wrote a lot of the New Testament. And that's where we're gonna camp out today um, there's a, you know, Romans is like a 30,000 foot view of, of how God designed us to be followers of Jesus. And I would encourage you to jump into Romans completely, but we're going to start at the front, front of Romans and it's Romans two. And we're going to start talking about the first part of what I'm talking about, the man-made religion. And we're going to talk about that attitude of man-made religion. Romans two seventeen starts out by saying, you who call yourselves Jews, are relying on God's law, and you boast about your special relationship with him. You know what he wants. You know what is right because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for people who are lost in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. I believe that Paul sitting here going, guys, guys, do you get it? Man, you have such a proud attitude. You have such a self-righteous attitude. You have such a judgmental attitude. And if we make following Jesus about keeping a list of rules and commands, it exhausts us and hardens our heart 
towards God, God and other people. For me, I, I dive in and out of that where I go, oh, I have to catch myself. Man, I'll be walking along and I, I'm, I'm living and I'm going and I'm, I'm fighting the good fight. And then all of a sudden I find myself in my mind and it becomes very judgmental. And all it takes is a little bit of a scroll on Instagram. And I'm like, why is she wearing that? And where are her parents? That's what I want to say. Where are her parents and why is she allowed out of the house in that? So I begin to quickly go there. But I also go, man, that guy just seems so arrogant. Man, who does he think he is? And I can quickly go there into this judgmental attitude. But Paul talks about there's a solution to that. And it's in Romans 2, 29. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. I want to go back on this. I want to talk about true circumcision. And circumcision was a practice that they did, and it was what they had to do. So they... They thought that if I just get circumcised, then that's the task that I have to do. That's the do that I have to do, right? But he's saying it's not merely that. It's, a, it's not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And I believe that that is so important here. Man, the Spirit of God has to change the heart. It has to change how we see and think. And I know that when I'm in those seasons, I'm exhausted by it. My mind and my heart is exhausted by it. But the Spirit of God can change that heart. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. I know that I was a person growing up and I cared way too much about what people thought. So what I did is I made Jesus this thing where because of the list of do's and don'ts, as long as I was doing that, then other people would look at me and go, she's a good one. She's a good one. But this says, man, it's... It's not seeking praise from other people. It's seeking praise from God. Following Jesus isn't about behavior modification. It's about a heart transformation. And I can identify when my heart got truly transformed. I was in my early 20s, spent two decades carrying the load of spiritual religion and the things to do and not to do. I knew that I was saved from hell, but man, I was carrying the weight. I carried the weight of of what I perceived as what Jesus wanted from me. And I was on this back road, um, and me and my husband were on this back, this drive, and we were heading towards Gladys, Virginia. So let me just tell you something. It doesn't matter where you are. God can change your heart. If we were in this place of surrender. And I was on this road, and I don't even remember what we were talking about. But I remember that that was the day that I broke and I surrendered and I said, God, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep carrying the man-made religion that I have been carrying for two decades. And I'm going to tell you that day, freedom, freedom. And it was the beginning of my load getting lighter and lighter and lighter. There was a transformation that began to happen in my heart. 
But Paul talks about in the next, in the next five chapters, he continues to talk about um, how Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection is there to, to help us know more in how to follow Jesus. But in Romans 8, it starts talking about the attitude of living in spiritual rebellion. Let's look at Romans 8, 5. It starts with verse 5. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. There's the Spirit again. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. I believe that there are some of you who feel like you are dying inside. And you know that your sinful nature has gotten you there. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace, which is what we all want. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's law, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. Rebellious attitudes are, are, are you know, you want, dominant, you want dominance and you want to be controlled and you are hostile towards God. You are running. You are running from God and you know that's you. You have, you have taken on and said, hey, I believe that living outside of and under God's leadership and love would lead to freedom and fun. But you know that that's not where you're at. You are still lost and trying to find your way and you don't know what's wrong, but you know that there's something not right inside of you. There's an illustration that I heard a couple weeks ago when I was sitting with a friend and it's called heart rot. Heart rot is a tree disease that this fungus comes inside the trunk of the tree through an open wound. And it, it's, it's slow, it's a slow process, but it starts to, to inhabit the core of the tree. And it's, it's, it's usually because of an outside source that's come in and wounded that tree, and that fungus gets in, and that infection starts to grow and grow and grow inside the tree. On the outside, that tree for seasons looks good. It looks good on the outside. But it's not bearing fruit because on the inside there is an infection that is growing inside of it. And I believe that there are uh, some of us who you know that there's an infection growing. But you have lived a life going, hey, I want my tree to look good. I, I look good on the outside. I'm, I'm keeping up enough to feel good and look good. But inside, you know that you are dying. And at that core, it's growing and growing and growing. And eventually, just like Scripture said, it leads to death. These trees die. They, 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 they die. And I know that God wants to give you life and peace. And there's a way to fix that tree, and you can go look it up. But I believe that the way that God wants to speak to you and to fix the infection in you is for you to open up your mind and your heart to the Holy Spirit and what it has to offer. Paul shows us more on what to do in Romans 12 too. Let's read it together. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, 
which is good, pleasing, and perfect. There's so many times that we see so, we are saturated right now in our culture with social media and what's on, online. And I mean, you can look up anything, right? And there's so many ways to do this. And we begin to copy the behaviors of the world. And then we sit here and go, I just don't know what God's will is for my life. I don't know, and I, and I don't know how to find God's will in my life. And in, in Scripture, right here, it says that if we don't copy those behaviors and we copy the behaviors of Jesus, then we will know what his good and pleasing will for us will be. Following Jesus is about listening to the Holy Spirit and letting him transform our minds and hearts. I want to say that again. Following Jesus is listening. It's so important. God wants to speak to you through his voice. It's it's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He wants to speak to you. And and I believe that we are so fearful of what that spirit is going to say to us. And I think there are some of you who really believe that the Holy Spirit sounds like your parents. You grew up, right? You grew up and you go, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want anything to do with that. And there's some of you who have grown up and you're just trying so hard. You're working so hard to be a good example to your children. But God just wants to say to you right now, both of you, Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He wants to refresh the people who are worn down. And he wants to speak to you who have said, I know God's word, but I reject his spirit. He wants to speak to you today. A few weeks ago, um, well, let me just be honest. The last season, which does, it completely makes sense now because I've been wrestling with this message. I probably, since January, have really, really, really struggled in and out. And, you know, some of it can have something to do with my mom's cancer, various situations. I don't know. But I have been on the struggle bus and I got, when, when you get on the struggle bus, you revert back to some old behaviors, don't we? And so I started going, I started watching my daughter, and she wasn't on that struggle bus at the time. She was on, like, life-giving. And she's praying over people. She's speaking truth over people. And I'm watching her, and I just begin to go, God, you aren't alive in my life. You're not using me anymore. And I began to have a lot of self-doubt during that time. And I reverted back to the checklist. And I was like, boy, I haven't been in God's word enough. And I began to, I bought some good devotionals. They were okay. Um, I read and I got another book and I tried. I started conjuring up all these things. And then I sit in the living room with my niece and my daughter, and I feel God telling me, confess it, confess it. And so I began to confess where I was. And I just said, I just see you. It was this jealousy. I just see you, and I see God working in you, and I don't feel like he's working in me. And, and I'm trying to read God's word, and, and it just feels like the, 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 his word is just bouncing off the page. And I don't know what to do. And I just weep with her, okay? And she turns to me, and she says, Mom, you know that's not what this is about. 
you know that you are trying to conjure up something and this is not what this is about. What if we pray right now for God to speak to you and for him to give you some divine appointments in your life? Divine appointments. And, and by the way, let's, let's put on the armor. She always reminds me to put my armor on, which I had to this morning. I was real good. So I, I had to put on my armor, and I start putting on my armor, and we begin to pray, and she prays over me. And let me tell you something. The very next day, we meet with this couple, and they're struggling, and their marriage is, is, is at a very, very, very low point. And it has a lot to do with the man's leadership. And so John is speaking into that man specifically throughout this whole time. And John's giving great advice, and it's awesome. It's what he, he's so good. And he does such a great job. And then all of a sudden, I hear God say, I hadn't spoken one word throughout the whole lunch. And I heard God say, ask him if he's had a transformational encounter with me. And, oh, I knew he had grown up in the church. He had been saved from hell, but he wasn't living the abundant life. And I could see it. And so I leaned in and I said, have you ever had a transformational encounter with Jesus Christ? And he said, no. And his eyes welled up with tears. And I thought, oh, this is what we prayed for last night. God is showing up. And we went out to his car and we prayed. And it took a couple weeks. But I'm going to tell you that that man who grew up in the church and knew, knew everything that he needed to know about the church was down here weeks later repenting and surrendering his life to Jesus. His life was changed by the Holy Spirit. He had created a man-made religion for seasons and seasons and seasons. And then he was like, I don't know if I can say that. I was going to say, screw all this. I, I don't know if I can say that. But he's like, I don't want to have anything to do with all this. I'm, not, I'm running from this. And I am going to do my own thing. And I'm going to become my own God. And I'm going to choose whatever I want to choose. But Jesus wanted to give him rest. He has been spiritually exhausted, and Jesus wanted to give him rest. That is ultimately what Jesus wants to do, and he does that through the Holy Spirit and through talking to you and giving you directions and guidance on what that looks like. In Matthew 11, this is what it says. Then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. He knew we were going to do this. He knew we were going to do this. He knew that we were going to struggle with this. And it says, I will give you rest. That's what Jesus promises. Take up my yoke upon, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. I believe that we are people who want, we don't want, we want lightness, but we, for whatever reason, decide to put it on. And Jesus is saying, my yoke is light. Following Jesus is light. All those rules and all those things, man, they will become easy. 
It's not even like you, you will follow certain things because God's spirit is in you that's leading you to, to make those changes in your life and to follow Jesus. Man-made religion creates this sense of pride and judgmentalism and, 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 and you're, you're all about yourself. But that is not who Jesus is and that's not who he calls us to be. And spiritual rebellion, man, it's, it, 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 can, it can wear you down. Both of these can wear you down to spiritual exhaustion. But I believe that God wants to give you rest. He wants to give you rest today. And if you find yourself in one of those two attitudes today, I want you to know that God wants to break that chain. I, I get so like... For the last six months, I'm like, God, if you could just set a fire. And what does it start with? What, is it, what does it mean? What do I have to do? What do I have to change in my life? And I know that he's having to cut things away from me. He's having to me to be, to be bold and say things that are hard. And when people come for counseling, yes, sometimes I give them advice. But at the end of the day, I have to say, man, God wants to tell you. He wants to tell you because, because what my advice is is so limited. To, to my life phase and what I've done in my life and, and my experiences. But that may not be what God has for you. God wants to speak to you directly. And so today there might be some of you who need to confess your unbelief. Both of these attitudes lead to unbelief. There is so much unbelief in this city because we believe in our man-made religion or we say that I, I'm so repulsed by this Jesus thing that they think is Jesus and it's not. It's man-made religion that they're repulsed from. And I want you to taste and see that Jesus is good and he wants to give you rest this morning. So today, I have prayed for breakthrough. I'm gonna be honest with you, not for my gain, but because Jesus wants to do in you what he did in me in my early 20s and he continues to do week after week after week he wants to give you a transformational encounter with him he loves you he is for you he wants to give you that rest and so this morning as we sing I'm so sorry as we sing new stories God has a new story for you. He has a new story for many of you. He had a new story for me. And he has called this church to no longer create religious people, but to, but to put out transformed people that are living transformed by the gospel of Jesus. And I want to remind you that because of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, we can stand tall and strong and, 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 and be fierce out there in the world. We can stand for what we, who we are through the love of Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you during this song. This is a gym floor, but right now it is an altar. And it is a, it is a space, it is a, it is a safe space for you to come and repent. Repent of your unbelief. Repent of the things that you know, man, I've been running from God. So during this, I want us to stand together right now. And as we sing new stories, 
Ask the Holy Spirit to transform your mind and your heart today. Thank you for joining us. And a special thank you to those of you who give generously to Waymaker Church. It is because of you that our ministry is possible. Visit waymaker.church to give now. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe. You can also share it with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Now go make a way.